right, welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are thrilled to turn our spotlight on, or actually, in this case, make it even bigger on a company that we have talked to in the past, and that is News America Marketing. And today, we are joined by News America Marketing's Senior Vice President and General Manager of Digital Media, Mike Pollock. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank hey. you very much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, we are excited. Now, for those of you that remember, if you're a frequent listener to OmniTalk, as I'm sure all of you out there are. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Back in February, uh, in a spotlight we titled The Journey to Decode the Path to Purchase, we spoke with News America Marketing's Chief Retail and Merchandising Officer, Tracy Kohler, and the SVP of Corporate Strategy and Development, my favorite name to pronounce, Peter Mustakersky. Well done. Yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, and in that discussion, we talked about the path to purchase and how it's become a maze rather than a linear process and how in-store media and promotions play a role that is not as nearly understood within the customer journey as I think all of us would like. And this topic continues to become more and more important both in our writing and our podcasting and just even in our casual conversations right. every day, wouldn't you say, Anne? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the most listened to podcasts that we've had, I think, one of them. Yeah, it was. I think it's the top or if not the probably one, you know, in the top five for sure, if not like second or third. But yeah. I think it's right. It's right, right up there. And A so big, big conversation and with our audience right now. It is. And it keeps getting hotter and hotter every week. And so we thought, you know, trying to do what is at our core, give our listeners what they want. So bringing Mike back in here today to further talk about that conversation and see where it takes us and where we can go and where we continue to learn. Because that's our goal you know, here at OmniTalk is to see where we can learn and just foster continuous education throughout the industry. So, so Mike, let's start in a, let's start, I think, just in the place we always love to start because we think everyone has a story. What is your background? You have a big title. Who are you? Where are you from? How'd you get here? And what does that title actually mean? It's existential question hour here. <laughs> wow. Where, where to begin? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, sounds good. So I'm from New York. I uh, grew up okay. in North Jersey. But you I, could never tell. <laughs> <laughs> no one has any idea. <laughs> I, I figured I'd cover, I'd cover it up. Uh, I've been with News America Marketing for, God, 17 years, a little over 17 years now, and started off in a sales role in the sales development program and kind of matured into different roles of sales leadership. And then about seven years ago, I moved over to run our digital sales team. At the time, digital sales was a really small piece of the overall News America marketing portfolio. And um, at the time, it was primarily promotions. So okay. we were working on different types of coupon programs, incentives for our clients, and started experimenting. I had the opportunity to really begin to experiment, kind of had a nice leash to start thinking about things like programmatic digital media and all the targetability that's allow, that digital allows for, um, and really kind of created as an experiment a media side of the business. And over the years, uh, it matured, and a couple of years ago, it matured to be really a big piece of our overall business, and I took over as general manager of digital media. And so that digital media business is being able to identify and reach a shopper across lots of touch points along that shopper journey, whether it be programmatic display, video, targeted email, social media, high-impact mobile, lots of different touch points, and ultimately is going to uh, kind of change uh, as we think about the advancement of technology and the ability to be able to reach shoppers in a sophisticated way in different types of mediums or media, like in store. And so my role is evolving. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about a couple of years ago when I went into the role was 
digital media is kind of a somewhat a limiting title. It's really right. about media. It's about understanding a shopper and being able to reach that shopper in lots of different places. And uh, you know, we think about our footprint of being able to help retailers and brands reach their shoppers within a very large in-store footprint. Uh, those two coming together is a, a big part of uh, what I'm being tasked with. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's almost like it's actually like you're almost almost all media is digital now. And so it's about think, going back to the first episode we had with News America. It was really about you know how do you think about all aspects of media and all attribution that goes into media within your role. So is that is that right in terms of what you're just saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we just did an internal training about programmatic, and the, the point I was making was programmatic is not just about the way you think about today with digital mm-hmm. display and uh, digital video and some of the things that, that, that originated. Now you think about what technology has allowed for. It's taken really traditional ad mediums like out of home, and you know, mm-hmm. now it's been digitized, automated, personalized. And so it's taking the framework that digital media has created and applying it to you know, what I think people think of as historically old media channels. Well, in News America, it started, and I love what we talked about a little bit earlier today, is just it was this analog experience, and you've really been tasked with figuring out how to take that analog experience and make that digital, right? That's, that's exactly right. I mean, if you think about, you use in-store as an example, where we have a, a wide network of 60,000-plus stores in North America that were putting in-store signage, historically that's been an analog mm-hmm. sign. Right. Um, and you know, as you move forward and as we transform, it increasingly will become much more of a digitized environment. So how does that play into everything then? I mean, that's kind of, and that's our special sauce, which I think is, you know, partly why we have you here today is really the blend of kind of the digital, the architectural experience of a physical place, even the human, you know, service elements of, of retail. How does that, how does the store itself in your mind then play in terms of a form of media? You know, where has it been historically and where do you see it going? Yeah, you know, historically, I think it's really interesting. You know, the store has for a very long time been considered somewhat of a a promotional medium. It's an opportunity to feature a price point, have an incentive, and it was measured and looked at in very short-term windows. And I think what's happening now is retailers and brands um, and companies like us are are getting smarter about understanding how broad-reaching the, the audience is within the four walls of a store and what a great relevant time to be able to talk to a shopper. And so I think you're seeing this convergence from being thinking about it as a promotional medium to much more um, as, an, as an ad medium. And when mm. you think about, you know, for us with 60,000 plus stores, like I said, in North America, you think about the number of visits you have on a monthly basis, it's hundreds of millions of visits. Right. And so you have a m- massively uh, large audience that's relevant at the point of conversion contextually relevant. You have an opportunity to be really precise in mm-hmm. targeting because you're not guessing whether someone's uh, a laundry care buyer if they're in front of the laundry care category. Right. Uh, highly viewable, brand safe. It really compares very favorably to a lots of the different types of uh, ad channels that are available. And we see that, that, that being a big change in the way that uh, people view the store as a real ad medium. Absolutely. Let's talk about in-store kind of as a media channel because I, I want I want to kind of go down this path a little bit because we we talked earlier about how you know your role was digital media but now let's talk about the store kind of being media and and your role and how that kind of play has played out for you yeah so you know building on what, what I was mentioning earlier it's about identifying a shopper. So if, if digital media started as, all right, let's identify 
a behavior or someone we want to target, and let's reach them across a lot of different channels. Increasingly, technology allows us to do the same thing within the store environment. And so as those things converge, brands want to be able to reach shoppers along the entire shopper journey. You talked earlier about the maze that Peter and Tracy had right. referenced uh, the last time, so it's increasingly complex. And so those, those programs should be planned synergistically, um, and now the store allows for it. Right. And as you start thinking about what digital allows for, digital allows for a whole bunch of things that look a lot and feel a lot like traditional online digital media. So the ability to be able to target an audience the ability to be able to day part, the ability to be able to um, uh, change messaging based on near real-time signals like the weather or whether a product in distribution or not, the sophistication of what you can do within the store environment as it becomes digitized uh, looks and feels like what you do elsewhere, mm -hmm. but in a really, really compelling environment. And interconnected with everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Like going back to kind of the maze analogy versus the linear process. I, I think what's really interesting in everything that you said from from my experience and you know having l led merchant teams was you know for the most part you're right in store it was treated it was treated as a promotional activity right you were spending your marketing dollars for that right it was you know I'm going to put this on sale and I'm going to measure some type of sales lift and that's how I'm going to validate whether or not I was successful but how it was connected inside of everything else that's going on in the peripheries out there in the world to understand where I'm really reaching my customer and and which customers I am reaching, that's a really different, you know, topic of conversation, right? And that's how you guys are. And that's, I think, what's interesting about what you're talking about. Like, how do you, how do you then as like for your advice for retailers, then if, if that's the approach you're taking, which makes to me, just makes a ton of intuitive sense. What do you recommend in terms of how retailers try to approach this issue? Because it's easy; it's one thing to say it, but to do it is totally different. Yeah, and 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 it's tough as you think about digitizing the store environment. There's lots of different technologies. It's a space that's moving incredibly quickly, um, and it's something that you know you, there needs to be education and measurement tools that are provided to the brands and to the retailers to be able to properly evaluate it as a medium. And so, what we would what we would recommend, um, and similar to what, again, Tracy and Peter talked about, where we see ourselves, we, sh we see ourselves as, as network providers. Okay. So we see ourselves as kind of the intersection of brand, shopper, retailer, and innovators, bringing all of them together to define and, and put together the best possible in-store experience. But as you think about trying to execute brand campaigns and as, as a true medium, we believe that requires coordination. It requires a big investment of you know, where we really want to lead the way in properly measuring uh, what in-store impact is on the shopper and not just about short-term impact because yeah, I think for a long time it was looked at whether you want to use the term first moment of truth or last moment hmm. of truth, which is incredibly important. But the store can also be the first time uh, a, a shopper engages or hears about a brand, right? Mm -hmm. right? It could be really anywhere along that shopper journey. And to be able to do that properly requires proper measurement. And so we look at kind of this network approach of being able to bring all those four constituents together to be able to properly attack uh, you know, and, and value the store. And so our recommendation ultimately would be um, – to take advantage of the power of that network. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that, Mike? Like, explain to me, or if you have an example of like, how are you kind of connecting those partners, and how are you, how have you created this network? Yeah, so you know, we've we've done a couple of different things. So we'll, we'll start with on the retail side. On the retail side, we've aggregated sixty thousand plus stores in in the U.S. and Canada, and by doing that, 
it has a lot of appeal to a brand mm -hmm. because now a brand, we talked about the number of people that are walking to the store, a brand can address a really large audience quite easily through right. really one buy and be able to uh, execute a program nationwide. From a shopper perspective, we've got the, the audience. The big, I think, difference for us now is on the, the innovator side of the developers. What we recognize is no one's going to be able to do this alone. Right. The technology is changing too quickly. The space is emerging. And so the position we are in is to be able to vet a lot of different providers. We'll build some things ourselves. Mm -hmm. We will partner um, with a whole bunch of companies to be able to bring the best possible proposition uh, ultimately to those constituents. And so we are, see ourselves kind of in that role of being able to help lead uh, what that future experience looks like because we also have to learn together. Right. right? There's no one uh, emerging uh, way of engaging with a shopper. There's lots of different things that need to be tested, evaluated, measured, and then ultimately brought out to the market. And you guys are able to kind of be on the bleeding edge of what's what's going on in that space without the brands independently maybe having to take that on themselves. You guys are kind of the experts then? Yeah. It, I mean, it's really difficult for any individual constituent to take it on. There's the capital investment. There's right. the resourcing. There's the technology. There's the testing. There's the evaluation. Um, there's a lot of different components that need to come together. Um, and there's a lot of different constituents you have to please too, right? You have to think about uh, how do you find that balance between for a retailer monetization and customer experience. You want to be able to do something that's going to engage the shopper and that's going to add value to them and to their day um, while also making sure that it, you know, it, it meets brand objectives. And so there's a lot of complexity yeah. uh, in being able to do this properly. Yeah, it's an interesting thesis, though, because yeah, in a lot of ways, it, again, it makes intuitive sense because you can't keep up with the pace of change technologically and think that you can do all of this by yourself when things are changing so dynamically. A absolutely, I think you know we've seen that emerge, you know, as the way we think about ourselves over the years. Right. right? Mm -hmm. um, I think today's business environment, and because of that rapid pace of of, of change, it does require partnerships and a, a more innovative, open way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and before, yeah, when retail wasn't transforming, CBG wasn't transforming the way you, that would have been a very different approach ten years ago. I have to, I would have, I would have had to have imagined. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, that's, it's funny, too, because that's kind of our ethos here at Omnitech, right? I mean, Ann and I talk about that a lot. Like, I think we heard it at NRF, I think it was at NRF this past year, where collaboration is the new competition, so mm -hmm. to speak. And, and, and we believe that. I mean, the interesting, the other, I think, other factor that I want to key in on, too, is that it's collaboration, you know, not only for the purposes of staying in, in front of technology in a cost-effective way, like you mentioned, but it's also collaboration in the sense of your data is better that way, right? Like, so, I mean... That's part of the inherent value proposition you guys have too, if I'm not mistaken, right? That, they, that you have this collection of information in terms of how all these different things are happening across that path to purchase, whether in store or out of, or out of store, and that allows you to aggregate differently. A absolutely. If you look at just one medium or just one retailer, you have a very limited viewpoint of the universe and what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And you know, certainly brands are, are, are looking and investing in the technologies to be able to evaluate their shopper across the entire touch point. Retailers are doing that. But um, yeah, everyone's doing that individually. It's difficult. Uh, and so there, there's absolutely an opportunity by understanding behavior across different channels, across different retailers, to be able to pull together the optimal mix. So in that context then, what would you tell retailers? What are the things retailers need to do to think about how to use their physical stores more efficiently so they can be understood as a form of media within the full context of advertising? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think if you look back, if you look at you know, in Amazon for, for inspiration. What Amazon did really well within the digital environment was they understood 
behavior about shoppers, what they were buying, um, and they had an, a really big audience to be able to reach them. And they created a digital media platform that has turned into a you know ten billion dollar business, and a lot of the retailers have, have followed um, that type of model. As you think about the store, you know, the brick and mortar stores that we work very closely with have an unbelievable opportunity to leverage, like we mentioned, the how broad reaching the in-store environment is. But to do that, it does require some change in, in, in behavior. So things like better understanding the, the audience size, being able to look at uh, traffic patterns, being able to understand how many people are walking through the store, where they're walking in the store. Right. Uh, because you want to be able to compare in-store to other types of media channels. And so if you look at mm. out-of-home or you look at TV or you look at digital, being able to quantify that audience, being able to properly account for traffic and then be able to transact um, with that, that that information in mind. So you know, I think retailers ultimately need to start to pull together some of that information or allow partners to be able to pull that together, that information, to allow in-store to be compared to other types of media channels. Until that happens, it's very difficult because it's more a theory than it really is um, you know, in, in actuality. Mm-hmm. Is that just a natural defense against Amazon too? I, I think it, there's an opportunity in, in a very big way. What retailers, what brick and mortar retailers have that, that Amazon doesn't, well, with the exception of you know, the Whole Foods acquisition, right. but what they do have is they have the physical store. They have massive amounts of people walking through their store on a daily basis and the ability to be able to talk to that shopper. Mm-hmm. The same way uh, Amazon talks to that shopper when they're on Amazon.com. And mm-hmm. I gave an example, again, internally, I put two ads up on a on a, uh, on a PowerPoint oh, slide. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it was for a brand, and the same brand ad looked almost identical. But the one on the left side was kind of considered media. The one on the right w- was not. The one on the left side was an ad on Amazon.com um, while someone was you know looking at paper towels, and it was right. for a paper towel brand. The one on the right was for paper towels in front of the paper towels category in the store. The store is an ad medium. The, 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 the similarities between both what I'm describing on Amazon.com and the store, talking about big audience, very targeted based upon someone's buying behavior, right. in the buying mindset, right, mm-hmm. making a decision as they evaluate the category. And so it's important for you know all of us and for the brick-and-mortar retailers to start thinking about that as a true ad medium. And to your point, whether you want to use the word defense or, or even on the offense, um, right. what they have is, is is quite valuable. Well, and that's the goal we talk about all the time, is trying to get the same level of visibility to your customer in the store that you have online. And it sounds like you know, the reluctance from retailers to maybe give or share this data that they have um, is, is really the only thing keeping them from being able to truly kind of uh, go against them. Um, and you guys are working to provide kind of that network um, with with letting each of the retailers still kind of maintain safely their own information. That's a, I mean, it's a really right. big point, too, because I think network sometimes gets um, misunderstood. We look at network as an opportunity to be able to aggregate audiences and ultimately be really relevant to brands and to be able to make it easy for them to execute large-scale national programs and to be able to think about it as media versus shopper marketing and start getting to more traditional ad dollars. What we also think about as a network, though, or I guess what that doesn't mean, though, is compromising a individual store's identity, right? Right, because what works at a Kroger should be different than works at a CVS, and that's different than what works at a Target. Each of these retailers have incredible brand identities. They've got a very um, keen vision on what how they want to engage with their shoppers, and we believe in. Uh, 
and helping them uh, yeah. do that. But um, you know, it's so it's about getting the the making it easy for brands while maintaining uh, the the what the retailers have, have done in terms of creating their own shopper experience. Which isn't really any different than how it's always been thought about, right? I mean, when you talk about like traditional advertising, right? Like there's things that are unique to different brands and retailers, the creative matters in that process, right? Where you place the execution, right? I mean, you're shaking your head. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that, that, that's exactly right. But then there are probably tried and true things that through the aggregation of information, you just know how to do better and more effectively because you have that as the platform for how you're talking about it. And you're basically saying the same thing. It's just, how do we start to think about doing that in store? Mm-hmm. Finally, no, that's right. And when when you th- when you think about doing things across sixty thousand stores and a couple thousand brands, um, and the number of shoppers who engage with you, get that learning, and then you apply it to you know an individual store's objective. Yeah, like I think of things like basic things like how high should the sign be? You know, like <laughs> just like things like that, or like at what point, like the equivalent of like what point in the day is this advertisement best served up? It's right. just stuff like that that's just important for everyone. Yeah, and that learning, I mean, God, that learning goes back. We, we've been doing this on the storefront for 30 plus years. And if you think about all the different types of innovation that has tried to crack into the store, if you think about the perimeter, the old perimeter TVs that uh, right. sat up really high, you, uh, you think about the different types of in-store POS, we've made mistakes, we have learned, we have realized what does and doesn't work. And it, there is a science to it. And it, it's not something you just flip the switch on. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But and how do you better understand it even more? Again, all the other touch points that back to the maze analogy like that is the key thing here right is it's it's not an isolated thing or in a linear end of the process like we always said right it's treated as part of the overall marketing mix and how you're communicating with shoppers and to your point i think that's something that amazon is also learning at the same time how many things can we actually say that about like that amazon is actually learning this too as the same time as every other retailer and the retailers actually might know it more i mean we can see i can see Anne getting excited as we talk about that like that is hard to find right so that's compelling, very compelling. Yeah. Great discussion as always. It's always fun to have you guys on from News America. Um, it's always a blast because this this topic just continues to heat up, as we said. But this time we've got to do something a little bit fun with Mike with Mike <laughs> here too. So Mike is Mike he's, is signed up. Yeah, he's in the studio, so he he can't escape yeah, until live in Minneapolis. Answer the questions. So we're gonna do a segment, Mike, called "How Millennial Are You?" and we ask a series of questions as a way to not gauge how old or young you are. Even um, though that might happen. Even yeah. though millennials <laughs> in the title, um, it we just want to really know how how curious you are. And so I'm gonna ask you three questions, and I'd like you to answer honestly. Um, I don't know if we need the questions. My wife will tell you right now. I'm not a millennial. <laughs> I'm three years older, and she reminds me that uh, I'm three years older. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Well, sometimes when we do this, you might be going home tonight. You'd be like, I was more millennial than you think. Yeah, yeah, I am. All right. Well, let's get started. So the first question is, when the option is available, are you using mobile payment, Apple Pay or Samsung Pay, or are you pulling out your credit card? I am a big fan of Apple Pay. Oh. Boom. Boom All goes right. to dynamite. All right. <laughs> Chris is not Why? millennial. One for one. Uh, it's easy. I, I mean, I've, yeah. got my, I've got my phone out always, right? It's always yeah. in my hand. Right. Um, and the speed. The, the, the speed of the transaction is just quicker than with the chip now. Uh, it's yeah. just a quicker way to transact. All right. Yeah, and it actually, it's like probably safer too. Like when you think about it from encryption and all that sampling. recognition. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you've got that going. I don't. Right. Uh, you oh, have a newer phone than I do. I, I know. It's because I'm more millennial. Um, <laughs> That's true. Okay. In the last week, how many times have you used an app to order food or a beverage, including coffee? 
Oh, well, I mean, I live in New York City, so I, I mean, I, every day, multiple times a day, <laughs> whether it's my uh, Starbucks in the morning or whether it's uh, dinner at night. Yeah, I, I can't escape that, Do especially have... for a guy who doesn't cook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a go-to app? Uh, seamless uh, in the city. It's okay. part of Grubhub. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So then, and then Starbucks for my uh, for my morning coffee. Absolutely. Life changing mobile ordering. Oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Said yeah. from the guy who has a venti iced coffee sitting <laughs> right in front of him right now as we go. So I had a feeling he was going to answer that that way. O- o- only I only drank half of it though. I, I talk fast <laughs> enough. I'm trying to, to to contain myself. Oh, it's great. Well, you're doing really well so far. Yeah, so far. Two, hey, two for two, two, two millennials. Something to write home about with the wife tonight. All uh-huh. right. Last. Uh, question is if you could only use one social app for the rest mm. of your life what uh, would it be and why easy for me uh i'm a big twitter twitter guy okay oh uh, wow okay yeah crazy sports fan so okay. super easy to stay up to speed on on sports sure uh business news yeah i've got a little bit of a twitter addiction uh, do you have a single twitter account or do I, you have... what's funny is i don't tweet yeah i don't you i don't just, i don't, you just I don't tweet. The tweets. you don't want to follow me on twitter um <laughs> Yeah, because uh, you will get nothing out of it. <laughs> but I enjoy uh, reading everything else. So yeah, Twitter. Twitter would be hard to live without at That's this point amazing. for me. Yeah. So it's kind of your news and content source. Yeah, it's everything. It's it's news, quick content, the, uh, updated uh, injury reports. You know what? What all those things you, sure. you're dying to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I have to ask. So, what teams are we following then? Um, a Mets, Giants, Penn State. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a, okay. It's, an, it's, an, it's an unhealthy obsession. That that and digital in store media. Those two things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. That. Those are the passions. Yeah, those are I have the passions. To, okay, so I have to ask James Franklin. So where where how how is he sitting with uh with you right now as a Penn State fan? I'm a, you know, from from where we came from to where you know over, over the several last several years to where we've gotten to, I'm a big James Franklin fan. What he's been able to do with the program and uh, recruiting. So I'm a I'm a proponent. Awesome. See, we bring it all at OmniTalk. You weren't <laughs> expecting the college football breakdown in this segment, More than but we like. bring it. We you bring might not get me out time. of. You might not get me out of the studio. We're <laughs> talking about Penn State football. <laughs> New quarterback this year too, right? That's so, right. Yeah, you, no, you, you are. You are up to speed. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan too. Right? Big fan too. Big fan. Twitter's. I actually use Twitter quite a bit too. That's all. That's probably the second, second or third time we've heard Twitter. It doesn't come up as much, but it's usually that use case yeah. where. You know, people really like it for their very specific content that they want to see. It's usually Instagram. Is that the uh, is that the number one? Yeah, that Instagram, and LinkedIn too. Oh yeah, LinkedIn. My wife works at LinkedIn. I probably should have. I probably should have led with that. I probably should have led with. <laughs> well, LinkedIn. we tried to set you Dude, up. Dude, we now, had you out of the doghouse. Now, dog you're, house, now yeah, you're back in. Yeah. Or I can sound super young. Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> Snapchat. Yeah. No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we edit that part out. <laughs> right, right. Cut. Cut. Oh man, that was awesome. A ton of fun. Like I said, we always enjoy and love speaking with you guys. What's next for News America Marketing? Like, what's on the horizon for you? I mean, it, really, it is about this continued experiment and then ultimately scaling of uh, combining the traditional digital media channels with the store. That is a huge focus for us. Big fan. I'm a personally a big fan of what Out of Home has done in taking a very traditional ad medium and ultimately digitizing it, allowing for automation and for personalization, and all those things that we spoke about. You have a traditional ad medium that was pretty flat you know, over the last number of years, going through some really massive growth. And uh, you know, for us, I think that's a fantastic blueprint as we think about, you know, how do we find the right balance in store? We don't expect the store environment to be Times Square, yeah. um, and you're going to find this, you know, appropriate balance between analog and the business that we've built, and then future innovation. And uh, we are incredibly enthused and excited to continue on that journey. Awesome, and figuring out how to keep measuring it in the mm-hmm. right and effective way, which I think I'd I'd love to come back to at some point too. Absolutely. Um, 
if people are interested, so let's say there's CPGs out there, let's say there's retailers and they're, and they're listening to this conversation. You know what? I want to enter this dialogue too. I want to engage in this conversation collaboratively like we've talked about. What should they do? How should they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, we would absolutely love that because we're doing a, a lot of things from a collaborative perspective about how this industry and how the store um, is viewed in a different way as it relates to media. So we'd love that uh, that collaboration discussion. They can reach out to me, um, I guess not through Twitter, we, 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 we determine, <laughs> but probably best through LinkedIn okay. um, or you know, send me an email, um, you know, glad to connect and I w- can uh, put them in touch with the right people within our organization. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's been great having you, Mike. Uh, again, it's Mike Pollock, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Digital Media for News America Marketing. Uh, and we at, we at OmniTalk, we're going to watch these guys' progress because we think they're embarking on some really interesting conversations around what the path to purchase is, how it's changing, how it's continuing to evolve, how it's no longer linear. And it is more of kind of an ever-present, always-on, almost maze-type factor in people's lives at this point. So on behalf of everyone here, I do want to say thank you so much for your continued support. As our listeners, our loyal listeners, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all of our platforms, whether it be SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And thank you to everyone as well. Huge announcement this week. We just, or we saw the, in a recent report by Andreessen Horowitz. I, I think they're big, Anna. Like, uh, they, they're, they're, they're not, not too small. They seem like they have a decent yeah. reputation. I don't we'll know, take it. You know, I mean, Netscape <laughs> didn't do all that well. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we actually saw in a recent report that we are actually in the top 20% of, in terms of listeners. Uh, per podcast episode across all podcasts, not just retail, but across all podcasts. So really proud of that in a short period of time. Thank you so much to everyone out there for continuing to tune in. And of course, as always, be careful out there. <laughs>